0: Hi there. Thank you for choosing to listen to this sermon. We pray that God would use this as an added resource to benefit you in conjunction with you belonging to a local church near you. This sermon was preached at Central Baptist Church, Pretoria. 130 years of believers loving God, caring for one another, and impacting the world. Good evening, everyone. Well, first things first, um, I must confess... I proved last week that I'm no runner and I said that the Comrades Marathon was 42.2 kilometers long um, and I saw people following me out and I thought I was about to be stoned. It's not 42 kilometers, it's approximately 90 kilometers long. So if you've run the Comrades, I apologize um, for making it shorter than it was. It's actually really long and it just proves the point that anyone who does it, the question is Why? Well, I hope you got the point nonetheless um, that running or practicing or training for the comrades is not easy, but the reward is worth the effort. Um, Running, the, the Apostle Paul was saying last week, run in such a way that you are running for the reward. You are running to attain the prize. Church, encourage each other as we go through this series Encourage each other and encourage each other to run. But ask each other, how are you running? Are you running in such a way to win the prize? But tonight we transition, we move away from the track and field, and tonight we move on to a history class. Now as I was was preparing, I thought, we all have either had that family member, or we've all have had that neighbor, or we've all have had that, that child in the neighborhood who is known for being naughty. This child had become the case study in your home. You were constantly told by your mom or your dad, don't be like so and so. And immediately the name would come to your mind. They have had everything, but look at them now. Look where they are. They've spoiled all the opportunities they had and they're regretting it now because their lives are a mess. And anything that you would do, they'll say, you see, you being like so-and-so again, do you want your life to end up like this? In some ways, tonight we'll see that the Apostle Paul uses the nation Israel. Throughout Scripture, we see that the nation Israel is like that family member that God uses to warn us. We are warned that they had everything. They had all the spiritual privileges and yet they did not please God. They walked away from God and they worshiped idols, giving glory to idols which only belonged to God alone. And the result of that was their lives were a mess and their lives were destroyed. So tonight, I want us to sit in the classroom of history, I want us to consider the nation Israel, consider their example, and consider what the Apostle Paul has in mind. What the Apostle Paul is addressing is in chapter 8 and verse 1, now concerning food offered to idols. So if you have your Bibles, turn to chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians, and we'll start our reading from verse 1. Verse 1 of chapter 10 reads, For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. No temptation has overcome you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. Let's pray together. Lord, verse 12 says, Let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he falls. God, as we go through this passage, we ourselves are enjoying a spiritual privilege. Lord, we're enjoying a privilege to sit under the preaching of your word. We are enjoying the privilege to understand the the mysteries of your truths and to be able to apply them in our lives. But God, many times we just know your truths and they fill our heads and we become puffed up like the Corinthian church. And God, sometimes we can have all these liberties and all these rights, and yet with all these liberties and all these rights, Lord, we, we make a mockery of your name. Lord, we bring shame to our witness. And God, I pray as we go through this passage this evening that you, you would soften our hearts, that like God, we would search our hearts and see if, if are we like the nation Israel in many ways and we have forsaken you for idols or, or we are consumed by sexual immorality, or Lord, we are consumed by grumbling or complaining, Lord, help us to not be insane. Lord, teach us the lessons that you were in your providence teaching us to the nation Israel. And God, help us to apply them. As your vessel who speaks tonight, won't you, Lord, use me? God, cleanse me of my own sin. Lord, cleanse me of my own hidden agendas that I might have, Lord, that might take the attention of your passage to myself. Lord, I pray that that would not be so tonight. I pray that we would all leave here, Lord, encouraged by what you have shared to all of us through your word, inerrant, authoritative, and sufficient. Thank you, God, for the Bible. Won't you bless the preaching of your word tonight? In Jesus' name, amen. So the first thing I would like us to consider tonight is... Spiritual privileges do not guarantee God's eternal blessing. Spiritual privileges do not guarantee God's eternal blessing. Just even as we start this point, I want you to know that the dangers are real for you being disqualified. If you remember last week in verse 27, the apostle Paul said, but I disciplined my body and kept it under control lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Do not be unaware. The threat is real and the warning is urgent. You can be disqualified from the race. See verse 1 to 4. For I don't want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers who were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them and the rock was Christ. You want to talk about privileges? That, that right there is privileges. The nation Israel were led by the cloud in the day and they, and they were led sorry, they were led by the cloud in the day and they were led by fire at night. They walked through the waters as it were when they passed through the Red Sea. They ate manna from heaven. They drank water that came from a rock. These are not things we see every day. God was intentionally saving and delivering the nation Israel that there was an undeniable reality that this nation was delivered by the almighty God himself. Consider verse 4b. For they drank from the this, from this spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. The apostle Paul says here that the rock was Christ. He used the definite article. In fact, it reads that the rock was the Christ. The rock that the nation Israel was drinking from was Jesus. He was spiritually providing for them water in the wilderness. The nation had been privileged. They had been privileged to experience the power, the presence, and the provision of Christ himself. God had graciously provided for them, but unlike the athletes that we learned about last week, they did not discipline their bodies. They chose not to trust God, and as a result, they missed out on God's blessing. They missed out on all of the blessings that God would have given to them if they had trusted Him and if they had obeyed. And as we saw, many of them did not make it into the promised land. Israel became disqualified. Spiritual privileges do not guarantee you eternal blessings. Baptism, communion, Attending the local church, do not guarantee you eternal blessings. These liberties that God had given the Corinthian Christians and us today will not guarantee us winning the reward in this race that we are running. Consider the example of the nation Israel. In verse 5, he says, Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased, they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things took place as examples for us that we might not be delivered as that that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did, and twenty three thousand fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. You've probably heard the phrase, do not let history repeat itself. And that's why we have the title tonight, Flee Insanity, You Can Stand. The definition for insanity that I want us to use tonight is defined as doing the same thing, expecting different results, living like the nation Israel, forgetting the example that was given to us by God about this nation and expecting to get different results. That is insanity. Paul in this passage is saying, consider Israel's history. Pay careful attention to why some of them were disqualified. Firstly, had deeply seated heart issues. They were lusting after evil. The problem with the nation Israel was a problem of the heart. This problem of the heart was made, made manifest. in firstly, we see that they were idolaters. They were idolaters. In Exodus chapter 32, we, re- we read of what happened at the foot of Mount Sinai. It says, and he, Aaron, received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool and made a golden calf. And they said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Israel. The nation Israel grew tired of waiting for Moses up the mountain, and they say to Aaron, Aaron, make us a god. Can you imagine They gave the credit that belongs to God. They gave this golden calf, the credit of their salvation from Egypt, to this calf. They called this calf God. See, although Israel was out of Egypt, Egypt remained in the Israelites. God's people rejected the Creator and they worshiped a creature we can very easily make idols ourselves. Idols today, we're not looking for an errand to, to make a gold statue for us. We can easily make idols of our children. We can easily make idols made in our own image, idols of ourselves. We can easily make idols of our talents, our, our relationships, our expectations, our careers and so forth. We can easily make idols of anything. But what I want us to know tonight is that it doesn't matter what your idol is, it is not more pleasing to God if it were gold or silver than if it were mud of the river. Church at Corinth, Paul would say, do not worship your freedoms. Do not worship these rights that you have in Christ. Do not worship his grace gifts and neglect him. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, they sat down to eat and drink and they rose up to play. A commentator said, remember that before one is saved, we chased after sin. But after salvation, sin chases after us. Here Paul is saying that some of the Corinthians were chasing after the sin of idolatry and that action needed to cease. Church, will not you search your heart tonight? Are you worshiping a God of your creation? Maybe it's your school, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it is a career, maybe it's your family and your children. What is it that you are idolizing tonight? But maybe the idol that you are worshiping tonight is a God whom you have made of your imagination. Maybe you have made a God in your own likeness. The God that you worship is a God who exists, a God who lives to please you and you assume that that is the God of the Bible. It's not him. The God of the Bible does not exist to please you. The God of the Bible exists for His glory. And when He works things out for His glory, church, it works out for your good, whatever it may be. It is idolatry to think wrong thoughts about God. Secondly, they indulged in sexual immorality. Have you noticed how, throughout scriptures, idolatry and sexual immorality are so close together? The nation's rejection of God led to their immorality. The Corinthian church themselves worshipped idols, and this worship of idols led to immorality, which filled the city at Corinth. Paul's warning here is strong, but it's also clear. We must not indulge in sexual immorality. In fact, Paul says elsewhere, flee, run away. Don't think that you can stand in the face of it. Run away of sexual immorality. Do not indulge in it as some of them did. And he goes on to say, 23,000 fell in a single day. They died. A few moments of pleasure led to their death. Remember how I shared last week that the training of comrades is tough. It requires discipline and likewise the Christian race requires discipline. It requires self-control. We are to discipline our bodies from giving into the urges to indulge in sexual immorality or drift back into idolatry. These things will cost you the prize. You will not run effectively. This little compromise of giving into sexual immorality has grave consequences to your race so it may just be a picture on instagram it may just be a video on your phone it may just be a look at a person of the opposite sex with sexual intent you may think it is an innocent look it's an innocent thought but paul is saying run away from it because it will cost you the race god can and he does Cut people's races short. Thirdly, they put Christ to the test and they were destroyed by serpents. Numbers 21 verse 5 to 6 says, the people spoke against God and Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food, there is no water. We loathe this miserable food. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people so that many people of Israel died. John MacArthur wrote that many of the Christians were pushing their liberty to the limits to see how much of the flesh they could indulge and how much of the world they could endure, enjoy. They were trying God and risking severe discipline. And some Christians today, they probably said, this is the age of grace. We are free and God is forgiving. We can't lose our salvation. So why not get everything out of life that we can? God's people have always lived under grace. You see, there are people who live under this sort of lifestyle and think that they can go on and sin that grace may abound. May this not be true of you. You see, what started as a silent desire in the hearts of Israel turned into a loud, distasteful demand for their cravings, a demand for their lusts. The greed of their hearts could be contained no more. What is the desire of your heart? You see, they demanded that God would give them the meat for their lusts. They tested God and he disciplined them with snakes to their death. Does this reveal your heart? Are you more concerned? Are you so consumed by the blessings of God than by God himself? Do you believe that you are deserving of health and wealth? What later happened to the nation Israel is a warning to us. You see... God sent the snakes to punish the nation of Israel. They cried out to God and God saved them. There was a bronze serpent that Moses made and set it on a pole to save them as a symbol which would point to Jesus. In John chapter three, it says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. You won't believe what the nation of Israel did. The nation Israel took that pole that that, that God used to save them and they worshipped it. That pole became their idol. 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 4, it says, He removed the high places and broke down the sacred pillars and cut down the Asherah. And he broke into pieces, what? The bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days, the sons of Israel burnt incense to it, and it was called Nehushtan. They turned God's blessing into an idol they worshiped. What have you been praying for for years? Maybe you've been praying for a house. Maybe you've been praying for a job. Maybe you're praying about your career and your studies. Maybe you're praying for a husband or a wife. Maybe you, you are praying for health. What happens when God blesses you with that thing? Do you take the blessing of God and worship it rather than worship God? Or what happens if God does not give you this thing you've been praying for? Does this now bring a a doubt in your mind about the goodness of God? Do you start to grumble in your heart and shake your fist at God? Apostle Paul says, "'Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands "'take heed, lest he falls.'" because the dissatisfying nature of the things that our hearts long for leave us thirsting for more and we end up complaining when we don't get it because it will never satisfy because only God can satisfy where is your worship don't think idolatry is only left for a calf or for a bronze statue it can even be in things that are good and hence Paul gives us the fourth and last warning they grumbled and murmured against God, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Dissatisfied, And ungrateful were the nation Israel amidst great blessings from God. The Israel, the Israelites, kept longing and looking back to Egypt. Oh, that we would go back to Egypt! Numbers chapter eleven verse four says, "The rebel who were among them had greedy desires." And also, the sons of Israel wept again and said, "Who will give us meat to eat?" We remember the fish which we used to eat free in Egypt, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. Church, a complaining heart is a huge tattletale. It is a red flag. It reveals a heart that is ungrateful and a heart that is discontent. Think about the last time you complained. What are you complaining about? When you complained, did you not think that you deserved better? Did you not feel that you were robbed? And in essence, that, that you, when you were complaining, you, you felt as though God was not giving you what you deserve. And in essence, what we miss in complaining is that in our complaining, we are so consumed by self. We are consumed by the notion that I deserve better. God is unfair for not giving me what I deserve. He has cheated me. He can't be good, so I must complain. You see, complaining, a complaining heart reveals to us a self-centeredness. It reveals to us a self-focus. They shine the light on the reality that I'm more concerned with my own desires and the glory of the Almighty God. Just what Apostle Paul is getting at is this will affect the way you run. A a complaining church, a complaining believer cannot run in a way which they will win. If you are a complainer, you will be ineffective, you will be uncompetitive, you will not be that athlete who disciplines himself for the sake of winning and winning the race. It will consume you. Guzan, a commentator, says, the Corinthian Christians seem to have regarded this issue of eating meat sacrificed sacrificed to idols sorry the, let me start that again the Corinthian Christians seem to have regarded this issue of eating meat sacrificed to idols and thereby stumbling their brother as a small issue Paul wants them and us to know that it reflects a selfish, self-focused heart, which is the kind of heart God destroyed amongst the Israelites in the wilderness. It may have been a relatively small symptom, but it was a symptom of a great and dangerous disease. Verse 11, these things happened to them as an example. But they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. What happened back then to the nation Israel was all part of the unfolding of a story that will culminate in what God was doing in Jesus. The God who was involved in Israel's history was moving their history towards the history of Jesus Christ. Jesus has come. He has finally and fully saved us. Salvation belongs to God. We are free from slavery, but not slavery to Egypt, but from slavery to sin and entanglement that leads to death. Church, learn from the nation Israel look to Jesus and live do not serve idols flee run away from sexual immorality do not indulge in sexual immorality do not test God by pursuing the lusts of your flesh assuming a bad assumption that these will come with no consequences and do not complain if you want to run well if you want to be that believer who is running in such a way that you want to win the race, you can't have your foot in both worlds. Both worlds, One foot in the world and one foot with Christ. In that way, you are ineffective. Israel would have shouted like Peter, Even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. But when the opportunity came, when the opportunity came to stand for Jesus, Peter denied him. The Israelites would have shouted like Peter, even if we must die with you because you saved us, we will stand. But when the opportunity came to stand for God, they denied him too and worshiped idols. When the opportunity comes, Central Baptist Church, will you stand? Or will you be so focused at saying the right thing that I will stand for God? But when the opportunity stands, will you stand? Verse twelve. Therefore, let anyone who thinks he stands take heed lest he falls. You see, church, the Christian witness has taken a knock. Has taken a knock over the years. The Christian witness has so often been hurt by the fall of God's people. Pastors, teachers, CEOs, family members, friends who bore the name of Christ and yet were casually playing around in sin to their fall have affected our race. Spurgeon shared that he heard one man say that he did not believe that there was a true Christian living because he had found out so many hypocrites We probably know of people who want nothing to do with Christianity. They want nothing to do with the church because of our witness today. Because there are those who claim the name of Christ. There are those who launder money in the name of Jesus. There are those who sell false hope in preaching another gospel. Those have done great harm to the witness of the church. There are those who have taken advantage sexually of the weak in the church. They have affected the race. But I want us to be encouraged. Listen to the response of Spurgeon to that young man. Spurgeon responded to that gentleman that there would be no hypocrites if there were no genuine ones. No one would try to forge a banknote if there were no genuine ones. No one would think of passing a bad sovereign if there were no sterling coins. So the fact of there being some hypocrites proves that there are some genuine characters. The question is, where are they and are they among us here tonight? So to close, you can and you must stand. You can and you must stand. Verse 12, no temptation has overcome you that is not common to man. God is faithful he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it two points of application and i'm done the first one is your temptation is not unique your temptation is not unique do you ever feel as though no one could ever understand what you're going through Have you ever been so overwhelmed by the trials and temptations that have just taken your world by a storm and you just feel like, I just can't do it anymore, I am giving up? Oh, Christian. The weapons that are formed against us are only such that have been formed for all ages. These weapons have been formed against the armies of Christianity for years and they'll be formed for years to come, but they are Christians who have stood because God is faithful. There is nothing new under the sun. But take heed. You will not always be tempted with painful temptations. It is much worse to be tempted with a pleasant temptation. To be gently sucked down into the devil's web. To be carried along the smooth current of his river of lies. Afterwards, you are hurled over the waterfall to your destruction. You must fight. You must fight temptation strong. But as you fight, recognize that your God is faithful. So who is here tonight feeling that they have failed God? Maybe you're listening to this sermon and you feel as though you have fallen. And because you have fallen, you have failed God. And because you have failed God, you feel as though God has just discarded you. I want to encourage you tonight. Consider the faithfulness of God in forgiveness. First John chapter 1 verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Once you've embraced this forgiveness of Jesus Christ, won't you repent, oh believer, and embrace the faithfulness of God in not letting you to be tempted beyond your ability? Every temptation you've ever faced in Christ, I want you to know that you were fit by the power of the Spirit of God to escape it. There was always an alternative option. You didn't have to sin. Firstly, because sin's power was broken off by Jesus on the cross. Secondly, because God has given you his spirit to fight off the flesh and his desires. Thirdly, God will not permit the trial to come at a time when you are not able to stand up against it because he is faithful. So every time you've sinned, there was a way out. But we chose to sin instead. But I want to encourage you, be encouraged tonight. There is a great cause for comfort from the fact that the temptation that tries you is still under the control of our faithful creator, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond that which you are able. Church, you can stand. That's my third and last one. You can stand. Take note, O oh believer, the way of escape that God provides us in temptation is not it's not always a way out of the temptation, but it's a way through endurance. He sets a table in the presence of our enemies. He gives us grace to persevere the fiery darts of the devil. He has given us the fruit of self-control to, pre- to persevere in, by the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He has given us his word that we might not sin against him. Remember that to be tempted is not to sin, but it is to give in to temptation that is sin. God has given his children the ability to endure temptation. So this means that every time we have fallen to temptation, we were walking in the flesh. We neglected Christ. We denied the Spirit's GPS coordinates to endurance and chose the shortcut which was giving in. Church, you don't have to. Stand. If you want to run this race in such a way that you will win, you have to stand. So church, stand. As you run the race for the reward, you need to run considering those who have run before you. Consider the illustration of the nation Israel. Consider their flaws. Consider how they disqualify themselves and consider the serious consequences. But run. Run right now in 2022 with endurance, the race that God has set before you. But as you run, run fixing your eyes on the author and the perfect of your faith, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Church, flee insanity. Don't do the same thing expecting different results. You can and you must stand. Let's pray. No temptation has overcome you that is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So God has The Apostle Paul has so challenged us to consider the example of the nation Israel as he has challenged us to to, to not put Christ to the test, to not indulge in sexual immorality, to not uh, uh, be idolaters. He has challenged us in this, Lord, with the reality that we have a faithful God who will allow us to endure if this temptation comes our way. God, tonight I want to consider those who are here tonight who are, who are reflecting on their own lives and thinking of, of those moments where they have given in. But God, maybe currently they have given in to sin. Maybe currently, God, they, they are living in sin and, and because they are living in sin, God, they are no longer running the race. God, I pray for them tonight that as your spirit convicts them of sin, that God, your spirit would draw them to our advocate with the Father, who is Jesus Christ the righteous. It is this Jesus who is our propitiation. He had drunk the cup to its full. The wrath of God was poured out on Jesus Christ, who had our sins imputed in his account as he gave us his righteousness. So God, as we run this race, help us to run in such a way as we want to win the reward. But God, if we want to save souls, we need to run the race how you have planned us to run this race. We have to run this race in holiness. So God, whatever it is that has been tugging for our attention, God, if we have been caught up in some sort of idolatrous worship and we don't know it, we pray that you would bring us back to you tonight. That bring us back to living a life of worship to you. And I pray, God, that our fruit and our witness would point out to a great and glorious God. Lord, may we not be deceived, not be deceived to worship the spiritual blessings, but God, may we use the spiritual blessings to worship this almighty God, we pray. In his name, amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. Find out more about Central Baptist Church at www.central.org.za.